Welcome to the Like, Bite, and Share podcast, brought to you by Schweiden Sons. Learn the secrets of food and hospitality marketing from some of the best professionals in the food business. Here are your co-hosts, Rev Ciancio from Schweiden Sons and Brad Garoon from BurgerWeekly.com. Hi, Rev. <laughs> Hi, Brad. How are you? I'm good, man. I had an interesting thing happen to me on Saturday night, and I've been looking forward to talking to you about it. <laughs> I hope that this doesn't turn into some therapy session, and then I kind of also hope it does. Sorry to disappoint. I was out with our buddy Mike Tanzillo. I had to convince him to go out with me on Saturday night. I'll tell you Um, what, quick pause. I feel like he is the mascot of this show. Yeah. (laughs) Go ahead. After watching him be afraid of 10 Cloverfield Lane for an hour, I made him come with me to Joe's to meet up with a friend of my cousin's and a bunch of her friends. And this girl, who the friend of mine who we met there, she takes her phone out, opens up Burger Weekly's Instagram, and shows it to everybody because I had mentioned that the burger at Joe's is really good, and everyone was like, yeah, but what does he know? And she's like, this is what he knows. And so I just wanted to talk about the social cachet that comes along with having 50,000 followers on Instagram. I wouldn't know. <laughs> Why don't you tell me about it? <laughs> it was just interesting because – so I, I say, guys, you got to get this burger. It's really good. They're, like, hedging their bets. They see the Instagram. Order it immediately. What I found most fascinating was when the food came to the table – one guy said it was good. The girl who I knew was like, oh, it's amazing. And then this other guy had this weird look on his face. And I could just tell him, like, he doesn't like it. And he didn't want to say because I was sitting at the table. He was embarrassed to disagree with the person who had the social following. So I called him out. I was like, you don't like it. It's okay. You're allowed to not like it. But he really didn't want to admit it. Uh, eventually he did. But I just, I just found the whole thing from a behavioral standpoint really fascinating. Well, let's first of all cover the easy part of this. He was wrong. Correct. <laughs> but he's allowed to be wrong. He is allowed to be wrong. Do you think that maybe because you are who you are and you do what you do that that adds pressure? Well, it certainly seemed to in that regard, but I could tell people all day that I've written about hamburgers for five years with no break and I've had them from all over the world and I know my stuff. It doesn't matter until they see the number behind my name. Really? Yeah, that's, that's pretty much it, man. I mean, some people will hear, oh, I've got a food blog. Anyone can have a food blog. But not anyone can build a social following. Well, I mean, look, I don't have that many followers, and I actually don't even really post that many hamburgers to my uh, posts, but I get, I get treated like that a little bit. I think it's all the same thing. You come with a reputation for knowing a lot about hamburgers. It's your business. So I guess you and I are coming from different places. Like, you have a business card to give people that says, I'm Rev Ciancio, and here is my card that proves that I know about beef. All I have is this number. I've just never, I've never seen someone be nervous to tell me they disagreed with me before in that way. How did it, how did it shake out? I honestly don't remember much after that. It was that it was already two in the morning at that point, which I want to give Joe's another plug. I know we plug it a lot on the show, but they serve food till 4 a.m. So that's pretty great. I'm not ever out that late, uh, but I was out past my bedtime last week and at Joe's and they served that burger and it was delicious. Yeah. Oh yeah. That was a fun night. I've been to Joe's a lot lately. In any event, I just thought it was an interesting aside, since I don't have any particular burgers to talk about this week, and and you sort of mentioned off-air that you probably didn't either, I thought it was just like an interesting thing for our listeners to think about when you're trying to make your social following bigger. One motivation might be, people will agree with you for no reason. (laughs) I think that's a good enough enough lesson and more for us to move on to uh, today's conversation. (laughs) 
As one of two marketers at the launch of Level Up, the nation's largest mobile payment and customer loyalty platform, Alex Shuck built the company's digital marketing strategy from the ground up. Alex has done everything from growing Level Up social channels to developing and implementing digital advertising for the company and its 14,000-plus partner merchants to starting a street marketing program to drive brand awareness, new customer signups, and increase use of the platform. So he's a busy guy. Uh, you may already have used their technology and not even been aware of it as they work with companies like Steak and Shake, Sweetgreed, U-Burger, Chopped, and uh, BGR, the burger joint, which is a Schweidenson's customer, I'd like to point out. Uh, Alex, how does Level Up drive repeat business through customer loyalty? Great question. So um, so driving repeat business is one of our core, core kind of uh, features. We uh, built the company with loyalty in mind. So how can you engage customers uh, on an ongoing basis through a loyalty program, whether that be spend-based, spend 50, get 5, visit-based, or item-based. Um, and then what I love about Level Up is we add in there a couple different uh, interesting consumer engagement points. Uh, consumers love loyalty, but you can surprise them once in a while with a $5 incentive, engage them on the birthday, or if you notice certain behaviors, you can get them to come back. So say you haven't been to BGR for 30 days, uh, we'll send you a note that says, hey, come on back in. Um, so we have really built that kind of repeat engagement as a core part of our product from, from the ground up. You started your career at Boston University, correct? Yeah, correct, correct. How did you go um, from working in education to developing Level Up? Yeah, so it's actually kind of a funny story and connected to the company. Um, I was actually a student at BU, and we, at the time, before we built Level Up, the, our company had a product called Scavenger. Uh, and this is back in the day when it was like location-based services are the hottest thing ever. Uh, Foursquare's blowing up the map. Um, and we built Scavenger to engage uh, different, uh, both, both restaurants, but also uh, universities. So I was working at the university, and the student was working on Scavenger for the university. Um, and then, uh, yeah, came over from right from there. That's, they had a job opening. I knew I loved the company. I knew I wanted to be working with these people for a long time. So, uh, and they had some re really awesome stuff in the works because Level Up was just kind of uh, in its inception at that point. So, joined at a really exciting time. Okay, show hands. How many hosts on the podcast had a scavenger account? <laughs> just me? Okay, God bless. <laughs> <laughs> I think I remember getting like Coca-Cola and Kmart rewards. I don't remember. Totally, totally. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's actually kind of a funny story. You know, scavenger... Uh, we were trying out a lot of different things. Um, I guess it wasn't quite we because I wasn't at the company yet, but it was really cool to see um, as I was applying to see that they, uh, we worked with uh, Buffalo Wild Wings was actually who was one of our first major merchants on uh, on Scavenger. Um, did a really cool engagement with them and, and then kind of realized that we could do even more if we tied it to the transaction. So that's, that's where the inception of Level Up grew out of was uh, working with merchants uh, specifically with Buffalo Wild Wings. Okay, so before we go into picking your brain on customer loyalty, can you sort of real quick wrap up for our audience who may not be familiar with Level Up, like what it is and what it does and how it works? Sure, yeah. So, so Level Up, I mean, at its core, we're, we're about uh, connecting customers with businesses um, in interesting ways through technology. Um, and a lot of times to, to people on the streets, that looks like either the Level Up app or one of our 200-plus partner merchant apps, um, including like the Sweetgreen app, um, and you download these apps, you're able to pay at the counter, you're able to order ahead through the apps, uh, and you're able to, uh, and by doing that, you get engaged by the business itself through interesting programs uh, that they're running on our platform. Um, and then for the merchant, we also have deep uh, CRM and analytics and, and all that good stuff that lets you understand customers both at, a, at the micro scale, so understand that Alex S. is someone who comes in every 
day and gets uh, gets a burger every single day, um, or but also understand them at a higher level. So understand that there are people that have only tried this specific uh, burger at your business. Uh, you can engage them to try uh, a different one or try a new product coming out or, or add a side the next time they come in to increase tickets. How how does it work from the the consumer? Like just real quick, like I, I download this app and then what what how does it work? Sure. So, uh, let's say it, most a lot of times it's it's one of our partner apps. I'll go with that example. Um, you download, uh, let's say you download the Sweetgreen app. Um, you uh, make an account, uh, tie tie your card to it securely, and then that is your way to uh, to pay and get rewards every time you go in. Uh, and the nice part about most of our apps is it it's uh, it's full circle. So it doesn't matter if you're paying at the counter. At Sweetgreen, or if you're ordering ahead through the app, both those count toward your loyalty, count toward you know whatever progress they have status level levels built in, so green, gold, and black status levels depending on how much uh, you're ordering salad there, um, and, that, and that simply is like, that's the most I mean, the most simple way is how how consumers are engaging with it. It's finding businesses that you love, downloading their apps, and and getting engaged by the business uh, through all the sorts of cool uh, loyalty program pieces that they're doing. You've mentioned already birthday reminders as one example of customer loyalty campaign and miss you reminders, which I think are interesting. And I've found working in restaurant marketing that customers really appreciate that. But mm -hmm. I think those two are, when, when a restaurant or a chain gets into customer loyalty, that's what they think of first. But what are some other interesting, robust campaigns that restaurants can use in the customer loyalty strategy? Yeah, so I think uh, we have a couple that are out of the box that kind of do those core um, core pieces that merchants are looking for. So not only the ones you mentioned, but also uh, time-shifting campaigns. So find the customers that aren't coming in for breakfast, target them to come in for breakfast next time. Um, we do a lot of item-specific work depending on the merchant. Uh, but what I love about our platform is it's incredibly flexible. So, uh, and we're trying out new things all the time. So we had a merchant come in uh, that said they really wanted to focus on increasing frequency from customers, which is kind of a difficult problem. Uh, you can you can see you see incremental gains in frequency across our platform, but they wanted to specifically target this group that was like just on the edge of of becoming what they defined as a frequent customer. Um, and what we did was we did a week long black. We consulted with them. We figured out how we're going to try it out in a couple ways. A/B tested a couple things, um, and found the most successful campaign was to give customers uh, money for the next day for every day they came in. So it's kind of like almost like a one week punch card digitally that where you got five visits and you got the most money uh, across a week. Um, and we saw from that campaign that that group not only increased their visitation, uh, like I think it was 30, 40% that week, but continued in an ongoing fashion to come to the merchant more often. Um, so I think that that's where, that's and, and that was that's just fun to do. Like, uh, and one of the most fun parts of my job is sitting down with merchants and saying, okay, what are the unique business problems that you're having? Um, how can we solve them with this uh, very flexible and, and uh, adaptive platform that we built um, to figure out how, how they want to engage their customers and at what moment. Um, so, so that was that was a pretty cool one. Um, I'm trying to think of any others off the top of my head that were really awesome recently. Um, LTOs always do great on our platform as well, we, um, which are you know industry standard, but uh, we uh, are able to target specific interesting customers with those LTOs, so they're not just broad blasting two dollars to everyone, or just you know sending a coupon out to everyone. They're able to target specific customers that they know they'll get a high ROI from uh, after the campaign. For sure, I think sometimes we take for granted, uh, and Rev and I are very guilty of this. Uh, we take for granted what our what our listeners know in terms of uh, marketing jargon. For those oh, yeah. wondering, <laughs> LTO is limited time offer. I was going to say on this show that could also be lettuce, tomato, onion. 
correct. Oh, that's a good one too. I like that. I like that offer. Um, <laughs> Alex, you mentioned that a lot of your clients do partner apps. So you have the Level Up app, and you can access loyalty through that. But a lot of your partners have their own dedicated app, which is probably a little bit more of a, a better way of engaging with your customer. How how big of a restaurant chain do you think you need to be to have a partner app, or does it make sense for a one-off or maybe a one or two location restaurant to to have their own customer loyalty app? That's that's a great question, and it's one that we're kind of like thinking about in a couple ways, and we've thought about in a couple ways over time. Like at one point, if you asked me, I'd say you know every every single business should have an app, no matter what. Um, I think we find the most success with uh, five plus uh, location brands that are that are growing. But also, I, it, the more that we think about it recently, the more and the more that we see trends in the industry. You know, you hear of the the wave of aggregation that's kind of coming to people's phones. Uh, people love downloading apps, but they're kind of getting closer to oh, I want like one app that does more things for me. Um, which is why I love our platform because uh, I'd say I'd say to you know those growing brands you should think of all the different types of customers and how you can engage all those different types. So your most loyal customers and, and the ones that are close to that are going to definitely download your app, definitely want to use your app, uh, but also what can your partner help you tap into a network that's growing? Like on us, that, that network is the Level Up app. You know, If you build a partner app with us, you by default, if you want, you're automatically listed in Level Up app as well, uh, which gives you a new avenue for, for uh, more customer engagement. Um, and, and we're kind of figuring out if there's other ways that we can extend that network that we provide um, to hit all the different types of customers that go to a business. Because um, some people just, you know, can only have, uh, you know, burgers so many times a week. Um, and some will definitely want to download the app and, and use it every single day. You hush your mouth. Um, <laughs> I, I, I want to have burgers every day. My doctor doesn't want me to have burgers every day. <laughs> your, your doctor, my doctor, Brad's doctor. <laughs> Do you find that, I mean, look, so I hate, I hate clutter, so I will download as few apps as possible, right? That being yeah. said, I probably am in the Dunkin' Donuts app and the Taco Bell app almost more frequently than I am probably 80% of the apps on my phone because they're on my commute. Um, nice. do, yeah. do you find that a similar, like, do you have analytics where you're talking to people to find out why they might chose this app versus that app? That's a good question. Um, so, I mean, one of the things we're speaking to there, like using your apps on your commutes, we've actually noticed a lot too. Um, we have a merchant that does order ahead for coffee, um, similar to, in, in some similar ways to how Starbucks is doing theirs now. Uh, and we find that usage spikes in the morning because when you're in a rush on your way to work, uh, you want to have your coffee already ready for you uh, when you walk in. Um, as far as in, in, in across our platform, we see people we see people a lot of different ways. A lot of people love the white labels that I'm sorry the businesses that we build apps for partner apps or we call them white label apps for. Um, but sometimes they a lot of times they also download the Level Up app to find out you know what other businesses are on board and, and what else is in our overarching network. Um, so no specific stats on like preference between those two, but but for especially ordering ahead, we do find that we we call them like transumers. Uh, people commuting on uh, on public transit that they're using if they can order ahead in one of our apps that they're using that on their way to work. So so with that, and this is the second part to that question, I'm a restaurant and I don't necessarily know how to reach that commuter, right? But let's say I do. Is there like a recommended list of functions that you would say like, look, every restaurant app needs to have one, two, and three or A, B, and C? Ooh, good, good question. So I think every restaurant app, well, I do think that every restaurant app should aim to get order ahead, which, you know, that's beyond the app. That's also the service. 
uh, of order head that you want to get. Um, you know, we're seeing a big trend, I think, in the industry overall, especially with uh, the big guys that um, consumers are merchants are moving toward and consumers are moving toward wanting to make a mobily initiated order. Uh, so they want to do that at the counter when, when they have some time, but sometimes they just want that quick, uh, it's already ready for me, grab it and go experience. And we're finding that more and more often, um, which I, I connect a little bit to the, you know, Ubers and Lyfts of the, and all the other types of app and the favors and the door dashes where you're using your phone as this remote control for literally whatever I want. Um, so I, I put that I put that as number one. Um, I think a great loyalty program is important. You know, yeah, as you said, very standard in the industry. But um, I think integrating that into the app and letting that be available on wherever the consumer is transacting is very important. Um, and then third, uh, yeah, I think I mean third again, like core piece, but a lot of information about your business. So um, some of our merchants include a little bit of their philosophy. Some a lot of them make sure you know we have all the locations and it's easy to find them nearby. Um, so, so the second two are a little more just, you know, core foundational elements, but that order head, I think, is a feature that, uh, you know, we're really encouraging our merchants toward using more. That makes sense, and order ahead is also a feature that doesn't, it's, it's, there's no freebie. Exactly. But, it's, it's, oh, sorry, I was going to say, no, it's no. just implementing it into the business. That's, that's the main uh, hurdle that, that most businesses face. Exactly. But then you've got things like, when, you, when it comes to rewards, and I'd like to get into the different kinds of uh, methods which in which rewards are obtained by customers. But before we get to that, um, I always think of Dwayne Reed's loyalty program as a pretty big failure. When I first signed up for it like a decade ago, it was great, and I was always visiting, trying to build up points. I loved it. I, it was a, it was a game. Um, but a few years ago, they changed it. Now it's really hard to get rewards, and I gave up. And I and I know that a lot of their customers have too. And now at this point, it just seems like a hassle to to put in my my loyalty account mm -hmm. information when I get to the registers. A waste of time, and it sort of seems like that happened because they felt that they were giving away too much. So, mm -hmm. how can clients, restaurants, how can they balance the glut of giveaways that they would need to do to keep customers engaged with the act of keeping the customers engaged? Yeah, so great question. I mean, I mean, this is something that we like we tread the line with with our customers, our, our clients all the time. Um, you don't want to anchor your prices lower than than what they are. You know, you want your consumers to value your goods for for what they are. They're, the price is the price because your business is awesome. Um, but so what we recommend to our businesses a lot is. Uh, creating those like moments around uh, the promotion. So even with our limited time offers, it's usually attached to like you know National Ice Cream Day or to a new product launch. Um, so connecting it to events in the business, I think, is essential versus uh, simply giving out you know, two dollars all the time, um, or with you know too much frequency. Um, we also recommend for merchants, and we kind of depending on the merchant, we we look at uh, what we think the cap should be per consumer per year, as far as how much you're giving away. And you can easily monitor that and, and filter out consumers that have taken probably more advantage of your promotions. Um, it's awesome that they're engaged, but maybe have them skip a few. Um, but that's it. I think I think the number one thing that we recommend is is creating uh, moments with the consumer about the business. Um, so those those kind of moments in your business, or their the consumer's birthday, or they haven't been to the business in in 30, 60, 90 days, um, so that you're getting regular visitation and trying to create more like surprising, delightful moments. All right, Alex, what's the what's the number one loyalty app on your phone other than so level up level but. up. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> uh, I think probably the Starbucks app. We actually have a Starbucks in our building, so I'm I'm going there way too often. Do you guys power that? 
I know. That's, they, they totally built all that themselves. So what's the number one function for you on the Starbucks app? Uh, order ahead, because uh, it's funny. I walk into the building in the morning, and there's a line going down <laughs> down the lobby. So I'll just come upstairs, drop my stuff, order, then go downstairs and, and wave to everyone and waiting in line. Sometimes my coworkers are too. I'm like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> Interesting. So mine is Dunkin' Donuts, uh, because there happens to be one in the parking lot of our building, and there happens to be one on my way to work. So for me, and I don't even order ahead, it is just about getting a free coffee like once every three weeks. Nice. Then, Rev, do you feel like because you're getting a free coffee so frequently, that's driving you to use the app? It, it is, and that's why, uh, like, for me, this is a function thing, right? So, look, I'm going to probably go there and get a coffee anyway. So, to me, it's the same thing as an airline. Well, I'm going to fly to Detroit anyway, so I might as well get the points for it, right? Or I'm going mm-hmm. to stop at this Dunkin' Donuts anyway, so I should maximize my purchase. It's the same thing as, like, credit card rewards to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, that actually brings up a question that we wanted to ask you, Alex, was I've read that customer spending increases quite a bit when customers reach the get close to the reward threshold. Do you have mm-hmm. data to back that up? We do, we do, and I don't know the exact numbers off the top of my head, but two interesting jumps that we see uh, when you're about to redeem the reward, like one order before we see a jump, then we see a little bit more when you're actually redeeming that reward, and that's kind of, you know, that's a little bit, that's with the incentive at the business. So obviously it should be a little bit more. You have free money there. You're getting a free coffee, so why not throw in the free donut? Um, but the the best one is uh, we see the most, the biggest jump when people are actually unlocking that incentive. So um, let's say using the Starbucks model, because most of our uh, most of our merchants are using a spend-based loyalty program. Um, when I'm really close to tipping over the top, I'll throw in a couple extra things to make sure that my next one's free, and that's zero cost to the business. That's just consumer behavior. Um, so that, and I can send you more exact numbers afterwards, but that, that's our biggest uh, jump in spend. So in um, other words, incremental sales. Yeah, exactly. And that, that's, what, that's, that's, in, yeah, that's what we assume. Um, or getting the larger size of whatever you're already getting. Okay, so let's talk about the not you's, the not me's, the maybe not Brad's. I've seen out there that plastic card loyalty programs show an inactive rate of like 57% for the first year. How do you think restaurants can keep customers engaged with loyalty programs after they sign up, regardless of if they're working with you or not? Like how the sign-up's good, but how do they keep it moving? What kind of things can they do? Yeah, so I think I think when you think of your loyalty program itself, like it, you need to think beyond just that, you know, just the core part of the program. Like if I have a plastic loyalty card and it's and it's uh, you know spend a hundred get ten. Um, think on like how what that person's journey is like. When are they coming in? How often are they coming in? Um, how do you want to engage them at different moments? I think um, people create relationships with businesses, and businesses, especially restaurants, where people love your food or love your drinks, um, have an awesome opportunity to think about like what messages they want to be pushing to customers, um, how they want to be doing it. Um, and I and I think you know it, when when you're looking at starting a loyalty program, you want to think of your whole customer's journey and the different types of customers that you have uh, when you're building that. So um, definitely building beyond that core concept. So you're creating something fun and something interesting to be a part of, um, not just something that's going to uh, give this you know, background reward when you're, when you're transacting into business. So what, with that, what would be some examples of innovative customer loyalty campaigns that restaurants you know, or QSRs have done with Level Up? Sure. Like I was saying before, like uh, w- when we onboard a merchant, we we or when we're 
you know, selling them an app. We, uh, we look at uh, all the different uh, business goals that they have and how they can connect those to customer uh, engagement. So one of our merchants came to us and they said, our number one thing that we want to do is increase menu diversification. So, um, so we built the loyalty aspect into the app and, you know, that was, you know, core to that. But uh, we looked at over the first... Uh, six months that someone came on after they came on board, after they acquired that uh, customer uh, onto their loyalty program, of what the different uh, things they introduced to them at different moments. And then they, they had a seasonal menu, so then from that point out, they just kind of like sent out the seasonal updates. Uh, but it, like looking at it almost like, and this is from a very like app onboarding perspective, but I think that that's, uh, that's interesting for the customer and, and why those things kind of succeed at creating more engaged, more uh, loyal customers to the business. One thing that I've noticed in the last couple of years is that companies big and small are all really pushing customer referral as part of their loyalty program marketing. Rideshare programs like Uber and Lyft are always telling you to refer friends. City Bike won't leave me alone. Seamless Web, same thing. But I never do it because I assume that with these huge companies, everybody's either already a member or they're not interested. And with smaller companies, you know, you assume no one's going to be interested. I'm just curious. I'm, I'm obviously only coming from my own experience here, but is that is that a big part of what Level Up is pushing their clients to do? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the we call it refer a friend, and it's built right into the app, and you can it ties into every major social network, um, a way for every single one of your customers to uh, refer their friends. And, and we, like data wise, we notice that those customers are higher quality. They they spend more time at the business. They uh, they go on to become more frequently transacting customers along with their friends, probably because they're going with their friends as well. Um, but yeah, no, we we definitely push it. I think I think. Uh, I think it's it's something that still is really powerful. Like I and I, I think people get pushed toward, toward it for two reasons. Like me personally, I am um like uh, for Malcolm Gladwell's tipping point. I'm I consider myself like a, I think it's called a maverick, which is a dumb title. But like I get I love telling people about new things. So uh, when I download the the Steak and Shake app, I want to tell every single one of my friends about it because I'm getting a little bit back, but also just I want people to look at me as an authority on. Uh, tech. Um, and I think uh, then once it starts to catch on, you know, I notice with my friends with Uber now, uh, people like jump on someone that doesn't have Uber yet. Like, you don't, you mean you haven't downloaded this yet? Like, take my code. Don't talk to anyone else in the room until you register with my code. And I need that $20 because I want that, <laughs> that reward. Um, so I think both the, the reward value itself is powerful, but also I think some, some types of consumers uh, and the types that help your app get the most adoption, especially in those early stages, uh, love those referral programs, uh, which is why we see them so frequently with, with, you know, all sorts of apps now and programs. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm a, I'm a, I use one of those like uh, services where they send you the food and then you cook at home. Um, oh yeah, nice. I have gotten probably 33% of my meals over the course of six or eight months for free just from referral codes. That's awesome. <laughs> so for and me, there's, there's like a built-in market there. Like if your friend has used one service but not the one that you're on, you're like, oh wait, like pause that one, try mine, you'll get, a, you'll get a free month. And usually the economics work out fine that I can pause one of those services and, and get another one free for a month and then the other person gets rewarded, um, which is a little bit gaming the system, but you get exposed to more services then in that case. Hey, listen, they put it out there, right? To me, it's no different than credit card rewards. So <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So you guys, correct me if I'm wrong, you guys use a QR code for, uh, for the program, correct? So QR code for at counter payment and and it it's uh, that's scanned by our scanners that 
uh, plug into most major point of sales uh, across the market. Um, and then if you're ordering ahead, you can just initiate it in the app. There's no um, there's no QR code needed. Okay, so I, I want to bring this up because I love this. People claim that the, you know, quote unquote, the QR code is dead, or if you're Scott Stratton, uh, the QR code kills kittens. But uh, clearly, <laughs> clearly, level up, and what you guys drew is, is proof to the contrary. What do you think about this opinion is wrong, and and how exactly do you use QR codes? Yeah, so I think uh, you know it's funny QR codes, and and when we started too, that was like the story all the time. Like, why are you using a QR code? That's so dumb. Um, I think the application of QR codes in a marketing sense is is you know a little a little dried out. You know, when when they became hot, you saw them on like. Uh, uh, be at the beach and the airplanes that like have the banner behind it would have a QR code on it. I'm like, are you joking me? I can't, I can't, <laughs> I can't scan that in time. Um, I think it has to be. Or like when uh, you're driving down the highway and a truck has it on the side, it's like I'm driving. <laughs> you don't want me to scan that. <laughs> um, I think it has to be in a very useful sense. So and it has to uh, be universal. Um, and I mean, ours is it. You know, we do the the bar, the QR code because we can store more secure information in that. Um, um, but, uh, it, you know, I, I still see some useful pieces of it on, uh, say, our merchants will put it on their uh, in-store handouts, uh, and the QR code will smartly route to Android or iPhone store, um, and then that actually does give you a little bit of a shortcut on exactly, you know, you're trying to download the app, it's it's removing that step of searching for it. Um, but, it, you know, I think every time you use a QR code, you just need to ask yourself, like, ten times, like, does this help the person <laughs> that I'm that I'm showing it to, um, or else or else you'll get ridiculed, or people won't use it. <laughs> At the top of the show, you mentioned that when you add your credit card to Level Up or Level Up app, it's secure, and we all know that everybody's very worried about uh, how secure their their financial information is. Mm -hmm. How does Level Up work to protect its customers' data? Yeah, so we um, work closely with a partner uh, called Braintree, and they, they're owned now by PayPal. Um, basically, there's never any credit card information on our system, uh, and it's called a triple token system, where uh, what's actually in your QR code is a hash that uh, gets matched with uh, something in our securely in our database, which gets matched with uh, a layer in Braintree that has the actual payment information. All Braintree tells us is green light, yes, this person has a card attached, and yes, you will be able to charge it, uh, and, and the transaction goes through. And all this happens within you know, milliseconds. Um, so we, we uh, work closely with them to make sure that, and, and they, that's their whole business, is keeping information secure. So um, working with a partner like that uh, really, is really helpful for us to uh, have all the you know, PCI compliances that we need um, and, to, and you know, all the safeties that we need to keep all of our customers safe. Yep, and unless you're bigger than Uber, Dropbox, OpenTable, or Eventbrite, you can probably trust your system, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> awesome. Well, Alex, this has been a, a really, really informative conversation about loyalty and certainly about Level Up, uh, but we like to segue our show out the same way every week with a few questions that you also, my friend, are going to answer. Uh, cool. And the, the first one we ask is, what is your favorite burger from childhood? So this is a good question, and I had to think a little bit about it. I grew up in, like, really suburban Pennsylvania, so we didn't have, like, the craft Burgers that I'm obsessed with now. Um, definitely Fuddruckers. Like, they opened a Fuddruckers when I was, like, 12 years old or something, and I was obsessed with it. Like, went there all the time. So what the audience doesn't know is we gave you points before we started the show today for mentioning two Schweiz and Sun customers, and you just mentioned a third. Uh, yes. <laughs> Brad, correct me if I'm wrong here, but Fun Records is quickly becoming like a top five answer for the show, is it not? 
think out of our last five guests, three of them have said Fuddruckers was their favorite show. <laughs> I nice. loved Fuddruckers growing up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. And and searching for like looking up Fuddruckers now, I realize there's one just outside of Boston. So I think a field trip is in my near future. So now that you get all the craft burgers that you want, which I'm sorry, I just hate that term so much, but. <laughs> what is the what is the best burger you've had recently? Oh, so that's a tough one. Um, there's a spot here called. So I had two really good ones recently. One was at Boston Burger Co. Um, and all I remember was it was a lot of gorgonzola cheese involved, and that was fantastic. Um, and then I did. Uh, there's a place called uh, Wheelhouse, uh, which is a little breakfast shop, one location around the corner from us, and they do an awesome uh, breakfast burger, you know, that like bacon, egg, like there's drippy eggs happening, and there's delicious hamburger happening, and it's it's fantastic. Oh, man, I appreciate anybody that also uses the term drippy eggs. <laughs> Kraft Burger's bad, drippy eggs good. <laughs> well, there's a restaurant in Poughkeepsie, New York called Kraft Burger, so I, I'm going to go oh, back cool. to s- supporting that statement, but I'm a fan of the dippy egg. Uh, all right. Alex, last question. What is one piece of advice you would give to someone in the uh, food marketing business? Yeah, so I, I mean, I think uh, thinking about all the different types of customers in your business is my number one piece of uh, advice right now. Um, you know, I think that core loyalty aspect has, has been around for a bit and is definitely something that needs to be a foundation in your business, but think on how you can tap into people that are maybe just coming in infrequently and how you can capture them uh, and, you know, have them be a part of whatever kind of customer engagement you're 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 doing in your business. All right, Alex. Before we go, why don't you tell everybody where they can learn more about you and Level Up? Well, you can more, learn more about Level Up at www.thelevelup.com, uh, and you can look me up on LinkedIn, Alex Stuck. Thanks everyone for tuning in to another episode of Like, Bite, and Share. We hope you found today's interview insightful. If you didn't get a chance to write down everything, no worries. We take the show notes for you. Go to schweidandsons.com slash podcast to find them. If you enjoy the show, we ask for one favor, and that's please give us a rating in iTunes. That helps us to spread the word to others who might find this valuable like you do. If you haven't subscribed to the show yet, please subscribe on your favorite podcast player so you don't miss a future episode featuring helpful tips from other professionals in the food marketing business. Stay hungry.